0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Yeah, it's a it's a little more of a muted introduction because we are recording this late. Yeah, this is a late
1: night edition. Actually, you know, it'd be late cool. Late night if, edition. Like, actually, we we were still talking about the clubhouse stuff, right? What if we did these late night ones, like you know, like live on Clubhouse or something? You think people but would feel, listen?
0: But I feel Clubhouse is all about you know energy and like you know just buzz and like you know whereas this one I feel it's a more like chill laid back and clubhouse doesn't strike me as as a chill room mm. la, as a chill kind of But I, do, do you think I, I know what you, you think, mean
1: la, as in the like a nice place to cause like last time before the internet like you would have like you would call friends and talk to them like till late at night and stuff like that la. now that kind of thing doesn't exist anymore already I mean IRC IRC remember the IRC the, yeah, the, it exactly. was most active it, all, it was most active like past midnight or something right
0: or even uh, like late night radio, la you know, like whereas mm, clubhouse, I feel you're gonna correct, be yeah. okay, if we have a clubhouse, we also don't want it to just be two of us talking la. We want interaction mm. and all that. Yeah, and the yeah, moment yeah. there's interaction I feel like okay, you know, there needs to be some sort of buzz, some sort of energy. Whereas yeah. I'm whereas like late night I think people just wanna chill, man, you know, get intimate, man. Mm. Slow yeah. things down, man. Yeah.
1: So far nobody has given us any real ideas about Clubhouse in the Reddit yet so I'm still I'm still thinking aloud
0: just thinking aloud still thinking aloud huh? yeah. that was a subtle call for ideas guys mm. Terrence didn't want to say it but that's what he, he's thinking man you need yeah. some ideas no, you,
1: you brought, I think you brought a good thing the late night radio yeah, uh, the, yeah back in the day it really felt like the DJ was accompanying you into the night, lah. You know, and and like yeah, it would exactly. start at what 10 p.m. right, 10 to 2 a.m. right, and then
0: unless uh,
1: and then it, it was it's like once it's past like the midnight hour, la, yeah, right? it feels like, oh, yeah. you're studying or you're doing whatever you're doing past midnight or what, feels like there's
0: someone accompanying you there, right? Yeah, unless unless the goal of our clubhouse is to get everyone on it to fall asleep, I will be so down for that. Like we just talk, like no one talks about anything, you know. Like, oh, you know, tomorrow's a new day and all that. It's Like, no, man, you mm. had a tough day. Just chill out, man. Mm, just mm. chill out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. So this it's just a thought, just a thought. That but was like the total what's the,
0: opposite of the of the the first topic yeah. and the and the buzz that it has caused around it. Like. Correct, correct. But what's the one thing that we have to do every in every episode? The one thing is to say that if this podcast or any episode. In the past, has brought you some some emotion. Has it? If it's made you happy, if it's made you sad for good reason, if it's made you angry, and you think uh, your life is better with it, it'd be great if you could share it with at least one person. And and of course, I don't think we plug our wonderful subreddit enough. We do have a very vi- vibrant subreddit uh, where with a very engaged community. So you can check that out. Mm-hmm. And if you like the podcast. You can leave a review because on our new website, www.yalabad.com, your reviews get automatically pulled from Apple. Mm. So if you leave a review on the Apple iTunes, uh, you would show up on our website. How dope is that, man?
1: Mm. That's right. Yeah. So, let's uh, well jump into it. What is our first topic sure, of the day?
0: The first topic is, uh, it was this this article that was written by uh, self-proclaimed Gen Y mm. whose name is Dana Dana Teo and the title is This Is Why I Don't Want to Be Woke Don't Cancel Me for It mm. so it was published on March 14th which is Sunday and it's basically her thoughts about cancel culture lah. Mm. Um, but because of its content it caused a lot of buzz like it was polarizing mm. um, and it soon came to light that the reason why her being her article got published despite her being still a student at NUS is that her mentor or her professor of the course is Bertha Hansen quite a well-known journalist in Singapore quite a polarizing figure at times Uh, she submitted it on on behalf of a student because she she liked the writing Mm. so that that caused a little more uptick on the discussion about this this uh, article. And then there was backlash towards Bertha. There was backlash towards Dana. Then Bertha did a post to clarify her stance. And here we are. Mm-hmm. But actually also
1: the content, I mean, the content of the article was also uh, flagged by certain people as uh, potentially transphobic as well, Alright. Right. Because mm. I think she mentions that she doesn't she's quite ignorant about the topic of uh, trans uh, issues, uh transgender issues. So and she's afraid to just voice her ignorance because she she's afraid of getting cancelled for that, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that has riled up a big uh a lot of people on the internet, like the a lot of the intelligentsia and and, and 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 you know uh I would say more liberal people as well. Uh. But um mm. but on top of that, is there anything else about the
0: article that 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 was controversial? Um, I mean just certain things she said. Mm. Uh let's see, Yeah. Uh, so essentially her thesis statement, mm. like you know, a, a good a good student is being hella woke is foolish, lower your pitch fox and hear me out. Mm-hmm. So, then she starts off by saying that, yeah, there are some aspects of the woke movement that she appreciates, like the cancelling of slurs uh, and words that, that perpetuate negative stereotypes uh, about women being sexually promiscuous, being gay or transgender. Anything that perpetuates negative stereotypes of these demographics is not good. Yeah. Um, but then she went on to kind of talk about how cancel culture is bad, mm. starting off with an example of a tweet by J.K. Rowling, which... Uh, according to her, got her cancelled in 2020. Mm. Um, And yeah, about how Twitter exploded and she hasn't seen JK Rowling on Twitter since then and that was an example to her of how just expressing an opinion online could get you cancelled. And then, yeah, she goes on to share her thoughts or her difficulty in wrapping her head around the transgender movement um, as an example or just transgendered people around her. Mm. Certain phrases she said were the more controversial ones like um, I still get weirded out by photos of post-op bodies Mm. and still Mm. struggle with the argument that trans children should be given hormone blockers Mm. Um, then after that the article carries on talking about the bigger picture of the implications of cancel culture and it ends off with uh, her own thoughts about how cancel culture can make you Mm. narrow-minded and taken to an extreme it is a disservice to humanity Mm. correct yeah. So I mean, um I think there's a lot of things to
1: unpack here, la, but that's one thing, let's tackle them one at a time. Let's put aside the Bertha Hansen uh, selecting this essay to be published, la, right? Because mm. um, I think we can all agree that it's not it's not you know, it's not poorly written. I mean in terms of grammar and vocab and all mm. that, la, right? It's yep, it's yep, good yep. enough to be published in the paper, for sure, okay. Good enough in the sense of like grammatically accurate la, and everything. But just based on the content, what,
0: what was your reaction to what she wrote? Huh? Um, I would say when I read it, I was like, okay, I mean, it's not a difficult read, mm. right? She does she does write well. Mm. She writes in a way that doesn't sound too bombastic or too, how you say it, self-indulgent, mm. right? Um, there is some sort of a narrative arc, you know, mm-hmm. the thesis statement, and all that so when I read it what I, I found it an easy read mm. and I almost found like okay it didn't make me think much mm. Um, I could see her points mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, I just passed through it very quickly and I almost felt like um, okay what's the big deal about this mm. that, that was my honest thought mm. I was like okay it's one person's opinion and it's just an opinion Yeah, yeah yeah what about you um, I
1: mean, when I first read it, I was like, "Yeah, I, I just breezed through it," and I was like, "The first thought that came to my mind is like, why is this even an article?" Like, you know, because it's like, mm. um, it's I mean, it, it tries to bring up certain examples about certain things, but they are pretty weak. Uh, I find them pretty weak uh, arguments, uh, as in she doesn't mm. elaborate enough. For example, when you say the J.K. Rowling tweet. I think it was more than just that one tweet. La, right? It was a whole series yeah. of issues that, that JK Rowling for a whole year or more than a year had been rallying uh, about. La. So it was a bit reductive in that way, uh, in the sense that mm. she did not really talk about the, the whole issue. And then, especially at the point where it came to the most important part of her argument, she, I think she just generally glossed over it and just generalized and... And just sit like, oh, you know, I don't even dare to say because I'm just going to get shot down. And she doesn't give any evidence of that. How is that going to happen? Like, how is this, how is she going to get shot down? Or or even, even a personal anecdote. Like, I'm not asking for quantitative or, or like surveys or anything. I'm asking for like, just give us a story of what happened. You know, but she just seems to like, oh, there's this woke crowd out there that is like in effect just silencing her at this moment, la. like she doesn't even dare to say what she really feels and all that. La. But mm. she doesn't give any real evidence for it. So to me I was like, how is this an article la, to be published mm, mm, mm. in the in the newspaper? Because I yeah. mean it's quite it's not easy. I mean, especially as for a university student and everything, right? Even if you're a very good writer and all that, you don't just like write something and then immediately it it's published by a newspaper, lah, right? Uh, mm. Usually, you write you write letters to the forum, and then you get a certain clout. And then you, then you, you know, maybe get approached to to write something for the for the newspaper as an opinion piece, la. So, so mm. I was just very surprised that this came up, lah, and and then and then on the further digging and and, <clears throat> and hearing about the Bertha Hansen thing, I was like, oh, I understand. What do you understand? What is it you understand? No, I mean, Berta Hansen is a influential figure in the, the media landscape, right? Because of her position yeah. in the Straits Times before and everything. So, uh, you know how you know how these things work. Like someone gives, someone important gives another important person a call and say, you know, I got this student who's got this interesting article. You know, why not? It's very well written. I think why not publish it? And, you know, like, it, it, it jumps the it, I mean it skips the usual, the usual um, litmus tests of like whether this is worth publishing right, because it comes mm. from, uh, someone like Bertha Hansen lah. Right? Uh, I'm not saying that that the editors didn't do their job right? I'm just saying that, that that this this is my speculation. What happened I right? yeah. This is it, so the it got published and it's probably a closer reflection of what Bertha Hansen actually believes rather than. You know, rather than anything <laughs> else, lah. Uh, because it yeah. doesn't put it doesn't put forth any real arguments about the issue, la.
0: Yeah. So I mean, the like when okay. So I think it's it's for me it's hard to discuss the this issue without taking into account the context of Bertha Hansen and that um, because this almost feels like you know like in school when you write an essay for an assignment then you're like, oh, fuck, okay, I just need to go through the points. Okay, I got my thesis. I just have like three points that kind of make sense but if I skip through them real quick and get to the end, it sounds like there's some sort of thing there but if you Mm. stop and think, stop and read it, it it doesn't really mean you stop and think like, huh, okay, but within a closed setting, Mm. I think it's fine. It's an assignment, right, you know, within a class. Like, I'm sure if you read my GP essays or my essays from uni, they're probably pieces of shit, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. but it was within that contained class. Mm. I think for me, when I read the article, I'm like, yeah, it, it does simplify it's almost like the a Nas Daily video on the topic. Yeah. yeah it's an exactly. easy read. Yeah. It brings up some points and makes you go, okay, yeah, I can I kinda see what you're getting at, but before you can even deep dive, it goes on to the next point. And that's essentially I think Nas Daily's playbook. La, yeah. Which is why I hate his videos. La. And it's also um, Nas Daily in the way that you
1: if this whole Bertha Hansen thing was a big driver of why it got published. I mean, you've got to be fully transparent about it, like, right? It's like how and all the yeah. political leaders appears in, appear in nice daily videos. Um, I, I think you do need to go to Greater pains to explain how and what their participation is in the video as well, like, right?
0: Yeah, because I think, yeah, I think the, the bigger issue for me is first of all, in Bertha's post, she said that it was a class assignment on how as millennials, her students viewed the woke culture. Like, and she said of all 24 scripts, she thought Dana's was the best. Um, she did say the style of writing that stands out um, and she was brave enough to, to call out the negative effects of the woke culture and for using the transgender issue as an example. So when I read that, I kind of agree with what you said about shit. Is this what what Bertha thinks? Like she read it, she's like, you know what? This girl has a point and she's saying what I've been thinking for a long time. Yeah, I know that's speculative but for it to pass Bertha Hansen's uh, kind of uh, filter already, I'm mm. like, um, wait, so you are approving this to be published in one of the mainstream publications in Singapore. Mm. Uh, okay, that's a bit weird. And then when you send it to today, for the today publisher to publish it also, I'm like, uh, yo guys, unless they were really going for clicks, lah, because, because this is probably one of their more red articles. Right? Yeah, more discussed, more if red for sure. Yeah, if it's just a click thing, you know, everyone is saying the today article, the today article. Mm. And I guess as a media house having an article that's quoted and referred to um, without you really being the writer because this is mm. almost like a guest editorial, it's okay like, you know, they can brand themselves as a platform for things that make, pe- pieces that make people think yeah. regardless of what they end up thinking lah. Yeah. So I think that's the more problematic thing for me that it passed through two rounds of filters Yeah. Uh, and it got published la.
1: Yeah. And yeah, to me it's like they need to be more transparent about how this passed those filters as well Like you know. Whether like just saying oh this was part of a series of you know that Berta Hansen blah 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 and all that because yeah. a lot of people also say Berta Hansen you know given her position or that she used to be establishment or whatever and you know and and you know people are going to trace those kind of ties so you'd rather be open about it than have people go and pull it out for you um, yeah. Yeah, but be- nothing. thing I because wanted all to it- say yeah. also was that uh, yeah. Yeah, like, I was just disappointed she didn't bring up any real examples of how uh, she has been silenced, uh, or at least like the how the wokeness in people is, can be counter counterproductive, um, because mm. even for myself, like if you ask me, I also have my thoughts about so called canceling people, like, You know, going to the extreme and using extreme uh, social media t- to put pressure on, on corporations and all that about with when when someone says something you don't like, like right? Um, mm. And I, I I've seen examples of the you know supposedly woke people eating each other up and, and a lot of it comes because we have done content that is so-called woke or so right and then when mm-hmm. I present myself as a Chinese person who you know also has experienced what being a minority is like overseas then I also get like even more woke people more liberal people that me like hi you you don't understand like Chinese or You never understand Yeah, you never understand. You never you, yeah, you understand. never understand and then only when you go overseas is a fucking privilege. And then to me it's like okay, you've lost me there because uh I as much as possible I'm trying to be an ally. I'm trying to, you know, check my privilege, so called check my privilege at the door and all that. But then because of the extreme nature of your words and everything, it turns me off your, your cause la, right? So so mm. that's where I can literally point to a specific uh, instances, wokeness being counterintuitive to it. So I just disappointed this student didn't didn't give a more concrete example like that. Even if it's just, just anecdotal, so,
0: so So to give the context, I mean there's this one a few lines which kind of give the context of what you're saying. Um what she says is that um, in a room full of woke people, I would probably just sit quietly and smile and nod if someone said, children should have access to puberty blockers, no questions asked. And that doesn't help the trans community at all, all I'll be doing is pretending to understand and embrace all their choices, a facade I reacted to mask how ignorant and uncertain I really am. If I were allowed to speak freely without risking being crucified, I'd ask questions like, there are people who detransition, if you help puberty in children, could that really be bad for them, uh, and so on, and in and that and in the fact that they never do it fully, would it still be possible to, de- uh, to help them retransition. De- transition And then the last sentence is, then we'd be able to have a real discussion instead of just agreeing like sheep. Mm-hmm. So, in some way, that was the example she gave to paint a picture of how she's been silenced, mm-hmm. which is what you were getting at. Like, mm-hmm. It's not really an example. It's a hypothetical situation. Yeah. I mean, um, it, right?
1: it would have been... Um, yeah, like it, maybe... But see, that's the thing with Shish. Maybe also in some ways she's generalizing it is everyone in the group is like that. When maybe it was just mm. one asshole who just spoke louder than everyone else. La. You know, that person mm. in the room who doesn't allow other people to, to talk. Uh,
0: and We've all come yeah. across
1: people like that as well, la, right?
0: Yeah. And and I guess like Bertha did clarify that this is not a social experiment. Yeah. You know, this is not one of those meta- let me write about cancel culture and see how I get canceled to reiterate my thesis about how cancel culture is bad and all that shit. Mm. Um, I don't, yeah, it's it's not a social experiment. So, but then I'm thinking like, okay, so here we always say, you know, we want younger people to be able to speak out. You know, Mm. you hear this thing, you know, no question is stupid, right? It's better to ask a stupid question than to keep quiet. So let's say if she does have these thoughts, right? Mm. It might, it, it is genuine thoughts that I would imagine when I was in my early 20s, I would also have, right? Mm-hmm. So then what what platform does she have to actually add these sort of thoughts? Um, Let's say if she put on a Facebook post, would it have been less incendiary? Um, I think,
1: uh, I mean, if you if you if really go into the weeds here, I, I would strongly advise against putting something like that on Facebook. Because the thing about Facebook is that the ease of sharing something and how something can be very easily taken out of context makes it very dangerous mm. Um, mm. some that I've've I've seen uh, if you've been on Reddit long enough you will see that there are real discussions when people come forward um, from a place of of curiosity or honesty and then they really say hey I really want to know more about a certain topic and I I, I know I'm ignorant so I hear some like really ignorant questions. Forgive me if I, if they are offensive or something, but I really want to learn more. And then you see the the people on Reddit who reply. Usually, of course, there is going to be strollers and all. But actually, there, there there can be some really good discussions in there as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think a lot of people um, you see a lot of people doing ask uh, AMAs, ask me any things on Reddit, or because it's just a much more like um, it's a place where you are inclined, you're you're incentivized to. To reply and and to you know upvote or downvote other people's comments as opposed to just hit share you know share just to mm. just just to show that you are like you slap a badge on yourself I'm fucking woke or something like that like, you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's where I feel uh, there are places where you can add these kind of thoughts and you can add them anonymously you know what I mean <laughs> as we've been instructed a lot of people have fake handles on Reddit also just to you know talk about shit like, right. right. So so you mm. can you can ask anonymously. It's just that I think the context of which you're asking from is important. Whereas mm. like you listen, you read this Dana Teo's thing, she I mean I, I mean I hope that she's actually really comes from a place of she wants to know more as well. But it also sounds like she's like uh, she doesn't uh, she she has certain uh preconceptions about, you know, the trans issues and all that, but uh, she also doesn't really want to ask because of this hidden, uh, this woke crowd that's silencing her and all that, la, right?
0: Also, oh, you're saying she's almost saying that uh, because everyone would shit their pants if I ask these questions, Yeah. I can't ask these questions, so how you expect me to know?
1: Exactly, and then I'm just
0: going to stay in this bubble
1: la, and, and, and mm. say that it's the woke crowd's fault, la, you know, and not my fault that mm. I don't know more, la,
0: right? Mm. So, in that sense, uh, you're saying that you have to find the relevant outlets to figure this shit out. If you are curious, lah. right?
1: Yes, I think there's a. I think I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find a way to say like you know that's you know asking a lot of the person, but I can't. I mean, I can't. I can't disagree with that, la Because it's almost like if there's a topic that mm. uh is difficult to wrap your head around, mm. you can't expect people to answer your questions when uh you know like. Yeah, I mean, in some way... So, I mean, that, that was one of Bertha's points when she clarified that like, Because her overall stance is that she still stands by the article. She mm. still stands by the author. Uh, she does admit that certain phrases could have been edited. Uh, for example, the weirded out by post or bodies mm. because she does admit it was an insensitive phrase and mm. she apologizes. Like, but she did also say that if she edited it, it may have taken out the angst that makes her column authentic. lah. Like. And That wouldn't be mm. true to the idea of a personal column, which to me, I'm like, mm. um, but that's also saying that, yeah, just because uh, I'm angry about something doesn't give me the right to write about anything in a personal column, or right?
1: make it more, more accurate just because it's, yeah, you're angry,
0: yeah, there's still because then it veers down, like you know, you have a right to say whatever you want in public space, and I and I don't think that's true, like, and mm. especially. If you're being published in a that's mainstream true. media outlet, la, yeah, right? Yeah, if it's Facebook, then I would say you fucking stay angsty as, as angsty as you want and then you deal with the repercussions, la. Yeah. But when she makes comments like that, that's what I find a bit more worrying that this is someone who's been in the media space for fucking long. Yeah, correct. I know she has her own thoughts about cancer culture and woke culture, but to kind of say that, I feel like, oh shit. Um,. Because she also used to write for the middle ground, right? Yes, which correct. was trying to be like a more objective media house, uh, and give more opinionated stuff. It's not around anymore, but she yeah. always struck me as someone who saw issues with the conservative media and was trying to do something different. Like after, wait, when she after say stuff she, like
1: that? after she left Street Times. Like, after she left Street Times. Yeah,
0: after she left Straight Times. Like, yeah. yeah. So so I mean she does say one thing which is the unfortunate circumstance of putting stuff online that might be polarizing, like is that unfortunately there's a lot of how you say a uh, horrible vitriol being slandered towards the the uh, the author. Mm. Which in some way is a sad thing because it kind of very superficially reinforces the thing that she was getting at in the sense that people are so so woke that she can't even ask these sort of ignorant questions. La. Of course, the questions I mean, yeah, it's true, no answer, no question is a stupid question, but some questions are stupider than others la.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's true. La. I mean, I just like, uh, the, the, as as you were talking, it's not about how, if you really wanted to find a topic, you know, how can it be so difficult to ask? Honestly, like, you know, we grew up on the internet, la, right? Like YouTube, Reddit, all, all these things. There are a lot of places where you can, even if you don't want to ask, you can find out more information about things. La. There's mm. really no reason to say that I'm silenced and therefore I'm ignorant about something and therefore discussions cannot carry on you know mm, uh, mm. that's how I feel about it I think the internet is there Wikipedia we talked about it being 20 years old already right Is there yeah. anything you and, want you can find out more if you want to hear opinion pieces you can go far right you can go far left you can listen to something like Joe Rogan's podcast you can listen to Alex Jones whatever you want so there's a lot of different no, opinions you can hear yeah
0: and but i know one response which even bertha herself said is that yeah you know like if you can't expect everyone to to put in the effort to find out the stuff uh, just because you might are curious enough lah right mm. and that that i respect and i know even between you and i uh we have said that certain thing the way we do things it can't be extrapolated to or imposed on others lah right mm. the way, um, what do you mean but, the way we do things I mean, in the way, I think you know last time when when I would get into Subaru challenge mode when it comes to work stuff, like uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you're asking me for a concrete example and not just the <laughs> anecdotal, like, right Yes, you're calling sure. my bluff, yes. you're calling my bluff. but yeah, like um when I get into Subaru challenge mode, like not everything else just falls away, like, which can be bad, like family, girlfriend, and all they yeah. fall away, <laughs> yes. and I just get get into this like fucking like like a horse with blinders, yes. which is good. When there's a time crunch yes. and, you know, you don't have time to sleep, then I get into Subaru Challenge mode. Yep, yep. And I think we've had multiple discussions in the past where you had to tell me, Harish, just because you get into Subaru Challenge mode, don't expect other fuckers to get into Subaru Challenge mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I correct. would say not not other fuckers, just other people to fucking get into Subaru Challenge mode yeah. because they're not fuckers. Yeah, yeah, correct. They're people. Correct. So that was when I was like, okay, uh... Are, everyone does things differently like, and it's not really fair to impose the way you do things on other people because maybe there's someone with like four kids two mm. jobs mm. and all that and to read up on transgender issues is a tall order. Mm. So do we want to just tell them okay you don't ask question until you do your basic knowledge. Mm. That's also hard. Mm. Mm. But, 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 but when Bertha said something about how telling people to go read up and don't take up online space is a response that can be applied to any topic anyone chooses to weigh in on. The topic also matters, right? In some mm. way the what Dana wrote it kind of how you say uh, it kind of targets the demographic of transgenders more than any other demographic. And I think if you want to weigh in on how paper is made mm-hmm. or like the fucking how far Mars is from the sun or some shit like that. Yeah you mm-hmm. weigh in, you might not know shit, but you're not you're not targeting or kind of in some way perpetuating stereotypes about a particular this demographic, let alone a demographic that is marginalized. Mm-hmm. So again for Berta to say something like that, I'm like, it hey, has a big generalization also what? Yeah, correct, correct. Um, I think also the, the,
1: one of the things I thought, I saw Kirsten Hunt, the the journalist activist, did say is that, says that the, it's quite unfortunate. Like, I mean, when you set your assignment to be such that, to write about woke culture, right? Uh, you, you've sort of set the context of what, what they should be writing about already, like, at least the tone they should be taking because the term woke has been, you know, it has been used a a lot, especially in recent years by conservatives and all that to mock uh, liberal any kind of liberal leanings, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the example she says that, uh, I think it's quite funny that I wanted to mention it. For example, an assignment that says, write about your views on women's roles in society versus write about your thoughts on hysterical bitches. (laughs) If you get an assignment (laughs) topic like the second it's quite clear how the teacher feels about the matter and what would they prefer to hear and see. Which is, mm. like, it's true, you know, the term woke itself, I think, it, 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 I mean, it used to be positive but I think now it's a lot more negative connotations or at least like, uh, it's associated with a lot of other things that it did not used to be associated with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
0: it's, and even, uh, it's even a good point. Uh. Sudir Sudhir had a similar point and he was saying that, you know, like, it's it's a commentary that seems to have been written without malicious intent. But one way to kind of it's a basic litmus test of whether or not it's discriminatory is you swap out the demographic that you identify with any other demographic. Right? And I think he said, um, you know, like she had one line, but as a young person who lives on the internet, I would never ever admit that I think being transgender is a little out there for me. And he said that if you just swap it with like being Muslim is a little out there for me. I still get weirded out by photos of circumcised Jewish males, hairy, dark-skinned bodies. Uh, It sounds wrong, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Correct. So, I thought, I was hey, actually, that's a nice way to kind of test uh, what you're putting out there in public. Yeah. Like, if, if it's just, if you swap in any maybe more more identities or more or not even marginalized, a more more well-known, okay, mm. a less polarizing group of people mm. and it sounds a bit discriminatory Mm. it would be much worse if it is a marginalized demographic Mm, mm, mm. correct Correct. yeah yeah so so I think yeah I think I think what what made it worse I don't know whether there was a a a lot of buzz or backlash when the article first came out itself Mm. or whether it was more when Bertha came out or when it was made known that it was through Bertha uh, Bertha Hansen's Bertha Hansen's um she also played a part in it getting published. La. Mm. I mean for on my Facebook, I think a lot of people were attacking the
1: content first la. And then and then later when Bertha's involvement came out, then then it became about that as well. La.
0: But even then attacking the content, like for me is like, you wanna attack the content for what? Like I mean, I think you if, if I if if there's anyone to attack at the start it would be like today, la. like what the mm. fuck are you publishing this kind of crap? Yeah, la, yeah,
1: la. Um, I think I think there was a lot of that, it was like I mean, you know, the usual sarcastic comments like, "Oh, it's, this is if it's like this is, if she's so silenced that she can actually have state state what she believes in a national newspaper, you know, that yeah, kind of thing." Exactly. Uh. Yeah,
0: exactly, and and this just feels like a, a little more eloquent and a little more articulate straight times forum letter lah. Essentially, exactly. that's what it is. La. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, that's when, why I felt like I you,
1: felt so off. It felt so off when I was reading it as an article.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, they made it seem like it's an op-ed. La. You know, you mm. see your New York Times or the New Yorker op-ed and it is a Today op-ed. I think I'm what? Correct. <laughs> yeah. What? Because the Gen Y Speaks is actually a pretty well-read series on the Today newspaper. Mm-hmm. And they have like, Gen Y Speaks, you know, I'm a I'm a blind performing artist and I want to be more than that. Yeah, then correct, Gen Y correct. Speaks, I was a conductor in opera houses around the world till COVID-19 hit, which is... Is relevant to our second topic. Yes. Yeah. It's relevant. But yeah. So it's a it's a good series. Mm-hmm. It's a good series. But this one just felt even then, right? I think it. This title is still good. The thesis is still good. But the way it was executed was like, yeah. Mm, today, come on, lah. Today, yeah. then then even the pictures they chose of her, right? <laughs> have this kind of stand like off how how say, stand official, stand official. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, but not anything about her physical appearance or anything, but just the expression on the face. Yeah. um, Yeah, yeah it, it kind of like had a, how you say, uh, mm. it goes along with the feeling that, okay, maybe it, it started off with a slightly condescending tone towards work culture from the get-go. Le.
1: Yeah, yeah. Correct.
0: And so I, yeah. I think
1: like, yeah, there were also some LGBT activists who were saying, uh, you want to criticize cancel culture just you, you can lah it's just don't use the LGBT community as a prop to to to, and then say some hurtful things about them in the process as well lah, you know yeah
0: because because uh,
1: we've spoken out against cancel culture as well right yeah we've spoken about uh, against almost mob I, 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 let, let's not let's not generalize eh? yeah the mob mentality that comes with uh wanting to to end someone's career because of something they said or did, right? Mm. Uh, I think that, that that struck us as quite like dangerous and quite like I think like talking to Siash, and you know, all we saw that it had real effects also on her on her mental health and all, yeah, right? Things like that as well.
0: So yeah, unless, we did I mean unless we, mental health is a big well, unless, it's a real issue right. So let's not let's not un- downplay it. Unless we've got a ticking clock against us that's slowly counting down to the day that we get cancelled. Uh. And, yeah. and the people in control of these clocks are just laughing at us, you know, thinking, oh, you know, we we try and be objective about stuff. They're like, yeah. little do they know, in yeah. 29 days, yeah. their comeuppance is going to get them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean,
1: what, what do you think is the next best thing for Dana Teo to do? Let, let's forget about Bertha uh, Hansen. Bertha Hansen is going to be, she's going to be fine, you know. She's, she's had controversies in the past and all that, but she's going to be fine. But Dana Teo is Dana still in school Theo, uh, and she's getting skewered on social media and everything. What do you think she should do I now? I mean,
0: like I think, I mean, if she wants to write a follow-up article, that would be cool, mm. you know? Uh, because like the last thing I want is also okay, it, the conversation ends there. Mm. You know, like she's forever ch- uh, labeled as like, oh, you know, like this person who wrote that article mm. and then it just stops there la. Yeah. so I would be it would be awesome if she could write a follow up piece mm. and hopefully with a with more with more depth la. yeah and maybe, because that would be cool I mean maybe talk to someone uh, about, hey, about trans, and the trans community you know, yeah,
1: yeah but I, I would imagine someone uh, she might be in like she might have switched off her social media and all that la. I think mm. a lot of people the normal reaction when they get a lot of hate is that's what that's what they do like, they, tur- they turtle up for a while until much later, then maybe then they open up and talk about it. But I think everyone, don't don't skewer her on social media. Just maybe if you have a way of talking to her and educating her about, you know, certain things, uh certain issues that she says she's ignorant about. Uh, yeah, it might be
0: good to reach out to her and actually talk to her as well, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I think it's just, well, like you, you would imagine like when you see this like three years ago that someone writes something, get polarized, a whole bunch of shit and like you hope something comes out of this and people like, how you say it? Uh, it is more constructive the next time around and this happens and it almost feels like, wow, well, this, this feels like something that happened maybe four years ago, mm. three years ago, mm. two years ago. It's the same thing. So yeah, hopefully it just, in some way, okay, I hope it spurred some conversation mm. but at the same time, I know it has also made things more polarized. Le. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, the ultimate good, the net net, who the fuck knows, man?
1: Yeah. Oh, well. But oh, well. talking about a bit more, something hopefully a bit more positive, uh, mm. it's actually our uh, second topic, the goofy topic, which you already uh, alluded to.
0: <laughs> yeah, my yes, bad. <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> But it's about. It's a
1: very, I mean, since you already started, why not just give the context? Of no, what
0: I like I, I, give, I give the context of the first one, so I think it's only fair. Yeah, if you. It is. Uh, give this. Basically, the
1: story of uh, a Singaporean, also Gen Y suppose like, I suppose. A Singaporean.
0: It's the same series. Oh, Gen, Gen Y, y speaks.
1: <laughs> so today, not all your articles are shit. Yeah, it's the same you series. You some of good uh, ones. Uh. Uh, Gen Y music or opera conductor, opera and ballet conductor who has been doing um doing a lot of good work in uh in Russia i think in, in Iceland and, and and different parts of the uh, of Europe and he was actually uh, you know a rising conductor who was getting a lot of gigs conducting orchestras and ballets in uh throughout Europe And once the pandemic hit, you know, obviously live performances disappeared. And after 10 months of, you know, he decided to come back to Singapore. And for the past two months, he's been making a living as a panda delivery rider. And so Mm. this is a, it's it's actually quite a big deal. It's not, this article has gone out beyond Singapore. I've seen it in Malaysia, uh, some Malaysia articles. I've seen some other countries as well. That people are writing mm. about a Singaporean uh, conductor who is now a food panda delivery rider in S- in Singapore, la. and he he mm. talks a bit about uh, the challenges and and how he's trying to take them positively and and, and about the support from his um his Russian spouse and everything, la. So mm. overall, in all, um, you know, it's a I think a lot of people are reading it and and and. There were, on both sides, like, there were people praising it and, and going against uh, going against it and all. Like. But what did you think when you first read about this guy? And, well, actually, do you know, a... what's his name? Uh? Can you give his name just for context? Chia, Chia Amos. Chia Amos, yeah. Quite a unique name. Uh. Chia, yeah. C-H-I-Y-A, Chia Amos. Yeah. Yes.
0: I mean, I think, well, it's it's unfortunate lah, his situation because I mean the article it does have photos of him in some pretty legit looking like operas and productions and yeah it, I mean for someone to to venture out of Singapore and make it in Europe and all that it's fucking it's amazing lah, right so mm. so I mean I think it's unfortunate but I also uh respect his. He's just, okay lah, he he needs to find something in the meantime and yeah, so, so I, I think, like, hats off to him, man. I can't, I can't imagine how hard it has been for, to kind of be uprooted from the the places that you have already built some sort of brand Mm. uh, here that those places, according to him, are now focusing on homegrown talent Mm. and up and coming, yeah, local, local conductors and all, to see that happen and to not be able to even try to continue making a mark that oh fucks yeah mm. that is tough yeah yeah
1: correct correct but that um that is tough I mean I, I couldn't help it but I went to to hardware zone to go and read some of the comments and all that about, about this thing this thing mm. one of the first ones was like okay law now he conduct he conduct food delivery law <laughs> I mean yeah, <laughs> well, it's the ones a yeah. it's a very dark joke, but yeah, it's one of the first things that that came up. But I mean some some are, there there was some points that that the people were trying to discuss in there. They were saying Hardware Zone, Hardware Zone, yeah, yeah. So so Whoa. it's the bowels of the internet. But but sometimes you know, once in a while you find an interesting nugget of information there or something like So some people mm. were saying, actually Okay, I mean there was obviously there were people who just yeah, this is this is Singapore law, you know, you, we have talented people in Singapore who overseas, they are, you know, celebrated and, and, you know, heading orchestras and everything. But when they come back to Singapore, there's nothing for them here because Singapore orchestra always hires foreigners and, and not locals and stuff like that. So, mm. so, I mean, maybe, maybe that could be a, that could be an interesting point. Like, I, I, I'm quite curious, like, like whether there was anything available, whether any there's really nothing in the music scene available for someone like him, la. Because, um, I I know that there haven't been any performances and all, but some people they raise. Actually, he could easily teach, right? He could teach piano or teach music or something, um, in some schools or even just private t- t- tuition or something like that. And and he probably make a, a you know an easier living doing that, lah. So, mm. for him to, you know, do this foot panda thing and then, and then say how terrible it is, he sprained his ankle and hurt his, his wrist and stuff like that. It's a bit own self, uh, yeah, your own self like uh, pitying yourself la, when, when you have the choice not to do it. La. Um,
0: but- What do you think but, of that? But, hmm. I don't know. Like, okay, I would imagine- that do, doing food panda delivery is not not uh, at the top of his choice jobs, lah, right? No disrespect dis- to tried people to, who do food panda. He did say he tried he to apply p- for like 40 jobs and he got rejected for all. Yeah, uh, he re- got rejected for all. So, I mean, I think, so that's where without more context, right, I, w- I wouldn't want to just say, eh, like, why is he doing food panda? Is he, like i I would imagine just doing something in music would be uh a more preferred choice compared to doing food panel delivery only because yeah, like, he spent so much time building up his craft mm. uh to do this I would assume that yeah, like not getting the stuff is a is a real issue
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: yeah so I don't know like uh i I didn't get the feeling of like oh you know it's his own choice to do this there has to be something out there not at all mm, I see. that didn't occur to me at all yeah. i mean
1: um. Because people, again, this again, this is hardware zone, they were analyzing and saying like, hey, you can't possibly not, I mean, being a conductor and everything, you can't possibly not be able to afford a second-hand bicycle, right? Like surely you can afford but a yeah, second-hand bicycle. Yeah, like, he did say that. Because he, yeah. he ended up getting a second-hand kick scooter, which is probably the most inefficient way to to get around as a as a delivery rider. Like a second-hand mm. bicycle, probably you cover a lot more ground and you actually make more money, la. So, I mean, there, some people are saying like, yeah, la, This one, if anything, this guy is just for show only He's doing it to, <laughs> you know, to get to get written about or whatever, like or just to to say. I mean, I mean, if you go to his Instagram, it does. It's not like he's hiding it, like He's he does put his profile that he's waving ones in concert halls and delivering food on wheels, you know. So there is Mm. an element of uh, maybe there is an element of smart marketing to it like you know since I'm I'm, I'm riding out this this COVID period I might as well do something that's completely unrelated just so that I can you know you can talk about it so there is that cynical side of of things right Um, Mm. but also yeah actually the the other thing that was also just uh, quite quite unfortunate for him also is that uh, I mean, he, he's married to a Russian, a Russian, uh, his his wife is Russian, but uh, she couldn't stay with him in Singapore, la. as in because, mm. you know, she doesn't work here or anything, and she couldn't get extend. she couldn't get extension of her visitor's pass and things like that. La. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it just seems like a really, like, loose-loose situation, like, very tough for, for someone like him, uh like a talent like him, to, 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 you know, to work and live in Singapore. And, and, do you think like the government or should be doing more to help people like him? Because they were literally, again, in the Hardware Zone forums, there were literally people saying that they want to put together a GoFundMe for him to help real talent like him, you know, just escape Singapore and don't stay here and be a food delivery driver. And how did people react to that 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 suggestion? Of course, there are people who are like, ah, oh, yeah, you stupid like Why you do this kind of thing? Singaporean, no use one, blah blah. But there were a lot of people who were like, I just want to give him money because I feel that he can get. He has done well for himself already. He just needs to get out of Singapore and, and you know get citizenship elsewhere, and he will thrive lah. And he's very hardworking. So working, that's, that
0: one. That one makes me a bit like wah. Uh, it's it's. It's uh it's one article and like it is his perspective. And I think for any that kind of campaign there needs to be more info, like, more background more background info on his his family or like his background status. Because for all we know, maybe yeah, like he there are commitments or financial burdens that he's bearing, like we never know, right? And I think that's sort of because this one confirmed there's a rhetoric of people saying yeah la, I mean do arts for fuck. You know, like that's why Singapore build new unit arts university for fuck. You just get more people like this. Mm. You know, I can confirm, see, and to me that is that is more about people's perception of the arts and how doing arts has no future. Um and I think just immediately raising a GoFundMe and all that it's kind of like how you say uh echoing that yeah, Singapore artists cannot make it la. Mm. Um which I would I would rather not buy into immediately, like and I don't like being propagated. You know, the whole concept of a starving artist. Mm. Unfortunately, right now the picture he's painting is is that like and I and I can see why people would want to start something, but fuck man, if you want to start a GoFundMe, there are a lot of other people who thankfully he's still he seems like his health, he's okay, he's not stricken by any disease. There are so many other people who are in more dire circumstances. Like. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so that's where, I mean, I think this this to me is an article that the Gen Y series, okay lah, like, at least it makes you stop and think mm. and debate mm. and maybe dig up a bit more lah. Like. Yeah. So I think this is a good article today. This is a good article, be it it might be one-sided, it might be his opinion only. Yeah. At least it makes people realise, oh shit, there was a Singaporean conductor in Russia. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I think, I think this was
1: actually a really interesting article because, you know, it... it I mean, uh it makes you think about you know, like uh the value of what you do as work as well, right, you know? That this guy, mm-hmm. you know, he he I mean, he needed to provide for his family or whatever and then, you know, he, he's willing to put his his ego and pride aside. But at the same time, you know, it's you know, it could be a savvy move in terms of marketing himself and all that. And uh one one interesting conspiracy theorist on the how his own again. Was that like he probably doesn't want to work in the music scene in Singapore at all because because that would be a uh, that will be bad look bad on your CV uh. like you know <laughs> being associated oh, with like Singapore eh. orchestra or something like that when actually he's, oh, he's, la he's la like, eh. going all over Russia and Japan and all these things already la. so. Yeah, like, there's just generally a lot of like cynicism towards the art scene in Singapore. Of course, there was also a lot of people also saying that yeah, like, this is what happens when you study useless degree and non-essential degree and everything. Like. <laughs> so, yeah, you it, know, it's, it's a, can't say it's a super positive article because like you, I also felt bad for him but at the same time, uh, yeah, it's seeing it's seeing examples like this that that make you realize if you are still if you are still surviving and doing what you love to do for a living and you know, all you
0: you should consider yeah. yourself quite lucky la, right? Yeah, because you can be cynical about his predicament and all that, but the reality is there are probably people like him or and even worse like, who've had their entire careers fucking. Uh, like halted mm. they are they, are, they are, I don't know places of dwelling and all that they've been uprooted mm. and if this article just makes you think okay you know what I don't believe this guy but hmm, there could be other people like him that to me is what the article is doing what it is meant to do Yeah. as opposed to like the first article that we spend time talking on yeah. talking about correct correct yeah so Right. That. Wow, interesting! This was all
1: about Gen mm-hmm. Y speaks. Uh. This, Gen this, Y I mean, speaks, which uh, is yeah. actually it's a good prelude to our next podcast, uh, which is also we're also talking to someone from Gen Y, uh, but someone also but someone who's very familiar
0: uh, familiar to the next podcast. Yeah, Gen Y. Yeah, but he's not Gen Y. Why? He's Gen Y. Is he? Is he? Or millennial. He's my age, what? Millennial, a millennial. Yeah, actually, we can say what. We can say what, right? Yes, we can actually say. Yeah. We will be having a very, very big.
1: uh, uh, I mean, a very interesting guest on our next podcast. Drum roll, please. Mm.
0: For you to, for you to announce. I'm. I'm. I just saying drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. It is the 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 camera door winner from Khan, Mr. Anthony Chan.
1: Director of the Singaporean film Wet, Se- uh, Wet Season, which was
0: Singaporean- yeah. Singapore's entry for the best foreign film at this year's Oscars. right? Yeah, and also the writer-director of Ilo Ilo, which was mm. the movie that propelled him to fame. Yes. So, he's a mu- winner of multiple golden horses and we're going to be having a dedicated one hour plus podcast with him this Thursday. Mm. So, if you're hearing this, um, just, and you want us to, any particular questions you want us to ask him, mm. please just put it down in the Reddit. I'll start a, a different thread f- yeah. with question for the questions. Yeah. So please just put it down there. But do know that he's in London. So this will be a, a
1: sort of like a remote podcast. But uh, I mm. think you and I will still be, we'll be talking to him together in the same room, right? Yep, yep, so yep. So as much as possible, we'll try and keep that, that intimate feel of a real conversation together. Yep, yep. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed, but cool. Since we've given the preview, what let's move on to our last segment of the podcast. What yeah. is that one shock thing that has kept you up these nights?
0: That one shock thing, I wouldn't say it's it's kept me up, but it's it's caught my attention like, and I and it's a it's another new YouTube channel that I've come across. Which mm. I always, whenever I like now find new YouTube channels, I'm like, oh shit, that is dope, man. Mm. Uh, it blows my mind. Like, um, and this channel is called a. Uh, much dank have you heard of it no i have not so essentially i mean i've watched a bunch of their videos and essentially i think what they do is like they take they take like clips from interviews with like dj Khaled, Mm. and then they edit it in a way they don't do deep fakes or they don't dub it or something but they just cut it in a way that just becomes funny and then they, they make a two-minute video about how DJ Khaled is broke or something. Mm. And the way they edit it is, I mean, I've heard a lot about the Gen Z humor. Yep, yep. You know, like the Gen Z memes, which are very different from other types of memes. And some of the memes I see, I'm like, I don't get it. I think this is one of those channels uh, mm. that that there's some kind of humor which is really weird. The way they edit it is very weird, but it's quite quite refreshing, like, I must say. Mm. Mm. Because I don't see these kind of things often and like, is definitely not how we would edit a video even if you're trying to do the same thing. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Much dank. And I think three years ago, because it's one of those channels that they use other footage to and they edit it into something of their own so there's no face to it. And I think the three years ago they did a face reveal and essentially they did what PewDiePie got in trouble for. I think they got a bunch of young Indian students in India mm. to read out a script saying they are the people behind much dangler. Probably got them through Fiverr or something. <laughs> so I just thought this whole channel is almost like a troll channel. Yeah. But it's interesting. Mm. It's it's cool. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll yeah. put a link in the description obviously.
1: Um yeah. my my one chook thing is also something I saw on YouTube. Uh but it's just a, a very short video that was actually taken via a drone. Uh, it was a single-take mm. video where a drone or mm. a group of um, filmmakers to support the local bowling alley, they made a video of a drone flying around their bowling alley. But this is not the, your everyday kind of drone like your Phantom or your Mavic, the one that you see a lot, of, uh, a lot of young kids flying around these days, like enthusiasts and photographers flying around. But it's an FPV drone, uh, which which means that the, the person has to put on a pair of goggles and he sees from a first-person view of how the drone is flying. La. So, FPV is first-person view. First-person view, yeah. So, the, mm. FPV drones move a lot faster than the normal drones. And uh, mm. the person flying it has to almost like be a pilot. Because you are seeing from the drone's perspective what... what, uh, Yeah, you're seeing directly from the drone's perspective la, as you fly. So, what they did was they shot starting from outside the the bowling alley and then the drone flies into the bowling alley and just sweeps around the whole place a couple of times and um it's it, the 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 shot was just so amazing because it just swept through a whole building so quickly and and then they added uh you know they added a soundscape where you could hear people's conversations you could hear the bowling balls you could follow the bowling balls as they rolled down the the alley mm. and then you could go behind the scenes to see the machinery behind you know, behind the pin machines and everything. So it was just such an epic video that that, like people in Hollywood, like filmmakers in Hollywood all sharing it. So like, um, you know, James Gunn, the director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, shared it and it was like, he tweeted saying, I want them to come with us to London later this year when we shoot Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And then, uh, you know, um, other, other, I think there was other visual effects people and 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 uh, you know like the lord of the rings actor Elijah Wood retweeted the video saying holy shit and then things like that so it's just a um, it, it was very it's quite inspiring to to see that you know technology and filmmaking and and all that can still uh reinvent the ways that we tell stories. La. And, and I think a lot of people, have, just from watching this one video, probably have a lot of new ideas about what they can can or can't shoot in in, in their movies or the shows that they want to create. La. And including ourselves, mm. la, right, I think we we all are very, quite blown away by by this. And like we've already talked about you know, what we can do for different projects and stuff like that as well. La. So, so it's a, yeah. it's a nice, maybe, maybe, I mean, it's just interesting to see how inspiration can strike and, and it's from hey, FPVs are not new for for us but it's just that I think the last few years they were all mainly for like hardcore enthusiasts but now finally mm. FPV has has hit its strike in terms of like the mainstream acceptance and I think DJI also just released an FPV drone for the first time and DJI is the apple of drones la. they make drones very easy to fly lah. So, I would, mm. I would think a lot of people, after watching this, will be going out there to buy their own FPV drone and trying to recreate shots like that as well. Lah.
0: But, you know, the the thing is, you know, like I saw James Gunn, his tweet, he basically retweeted a video upload of this thing. And the person who uploaded the video is this guy called Lee Trot. Lah. That's mm. his Twitter name. Mm. So, he's not the actual guy. So, in my mind, I'm like, hey, fuck, like, you uploaded this video mm. and then he puts the source which is the Instagram profile of the Jaybird Films guy. Mm. But when I click on Lee Trott's profile, he's half English, half Singaporean, half Chinese. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. What a fucking small world. He's based in London, England, but he says he's half Singaporean. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. I mean, in some way, he uploaded the guy's video, I don't think with permission. He gave a shout out, but now that Jaybird Films is, because Jaybird Films replied to James Gunn's tweet. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. I shot this. I uh, shot
1: this Yeah, so I mean if, if, I, I guess Hollywood is sometimes it's just like that lah. It, you know mm. things happen but but that's it I mean think about it it's a very, it's a very interesting way to to market a local business alright
0: yeah man so, and they did see a, a big uptick lah. and if you go to his Instagram profile you'll see he has done other kind of videos like this also which is kind of cool mm. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of cool.
1: But I mean, you know what happened in Singapore, la? The next thing you know, you go to any hawker center. There's like five now. to seven like FPV drones just flying around, <laughs> almost missing your head and almost causing you to to slip and fall. And then there'll be well, a there'll f- be a ban enacted on drones. Yeah, correct, <laughs> correct. in drones, yeah. yeah It'll be overnight ben. and then everyone who bought it will be like, What the fuck? And then we'll be like, Oh, you
0: know, I feel safer walking hawker centers now. <laughs> yeah. Then then we'll then there'll be people who will make a podcast debating it. Yeah, yeah, uh yeah. and and then you'll have to turn in your old drones. Yeah. Uh and and soon you'll have to apply for a permit or take a test mm. to drive a drone. Yeah. And then you'll we'll find some people
1: who get arrested uh, for flying drones illegally via trace together. Yeah. La, right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's the dystopia we live in then all the ex-drone all the ex-drone uh, pilots will become food panda
0: delivery riders <laughs> mm, mm, mm. and then they will write their own articles uh. yeah exactly they will write their own articles but yeah
1: that's what we have
0: cool alright so so we have come to the end of another episode so if you're listening and maybe not paying full attention we're just letting you know that the, this episode is ending now. So if you carry on listening to you to it, you're gonna listen to the new episode. And this is dedicated to the people who have told us to, you know, put an outro music at the end so that they know the end of the podcast. Which we will resist the temptation to do because oh, it just we should, sound like should a should radio sing, show.
1: Uh, we should sing for them, uh, like just a cappella. <laughs> or oh
0: we like. do the reverse Of our intro like, And how I start with Is like Welcome to another episode Of Yao Ba-ba-ba. Right ba-ba. And then we have to Find a way to say that In reverse Yeah Or oh, even backwards yes. right. Backwards Yeah Yeah backwards Yeah <laughs> correct That that will So it'll be like Tub Yeah. Uh, Tub How uh, We'll work
1: it out We'll work it out Yeah we'll work it out
0: We'll <laughs> work out yeah. It is getting late Okay Cool All right. Thanks for listening, folks.